0: This podcast was created on Messy. Create your own show today at Messi.fm. Welcome to episode five of the Future is Bilingual podcast. I'm here today with my first guest, Emily, who is a bilingual native. Uh, she was raised bilingually. She's a college graduate. And she's here to tell us all about her journey. So welcome, Emily. Hi, thank you for having me. No problem. So um, we're going to start with the introduction. So if you want to tell us a little bit about yourself, Mm -hmm. um, your family, what you do, just anything you'd like to say about your life.
1: Yeah, sure. So So, um, I was raised by Egyptian immigrants. So my second language would be Arabic. Um, But I feel like it wasn't really... Intentional. I know my parents had like a lot of confusion as to whether I would learn English properly in schools mm-hmm. um, if they were speaking Arabic at home, especially because they had just immigrated. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, so it sort of just happened, I would say, mm-hmm. because, you know, Lots that's how they're
0: talking to each other. Right. <laughs> so, And yeah. um, so you speak Arabic and English. Yes. Um, was your first language Arabic or was it more English? What would you say?
1: Yeah, so I think when
0: I was... do you have brothers and sisters? Yeah. Because that's important.
1: Yeah, so I have an older brother. Mm -hmm. um, And so I think that by the time my parents got to me, they had like a little bit more footing Mm -hmm. on what they wanted to do with our sort of language learning. Mm -hmm. I would probably say that my first language is English because it is stronger than my Arabic Arabic language skills. Um, But I think that at home when I was a kid, my parents primarily spoke Arabic, especially because we also have a very strong um, church community that's uh, primarily Arabic speaking. That's great. So whenever we would go to church, which was every weekend, mm-hmm. um, and whenever we would hang out with family friends, um, all of the parent generation was primarily speaking Arabic, and a good 50 to 75 percent of the um, mass mm-hmm. was done in Arabic and also the Coptic language, okay. yeah. which is a dead language now, <laughs> so irrelevant.
0: Still, yeah, so you've had some exposure to that as well. Yeah. Um, so you were in lots of different spheres where people were speaking Arabic. Mm-hmm. Were like um, kids and youth also speaking it, or was it just mostly adults? Yeah, I would say now,
1: as young adults, I have more friends who are Arabic-speaking than when I was a kid, because... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I found that when we were just the kids hanging out together, we would just resort to right English. to English. Yep. But because I have cousins and aunts and like my grandmother before mm-hmm. she passed away also lived in Egypt. When I would speak to people of that generation mm-hmm. um, or like my cousins who live in Egypt, that was pretty much the only young people I speak Arabic to. Mm-hmm. But I think now as young adults, we like to use Arabic in sort of
0: humor and, mm-hmm. um, well you and, know your you know your capabilities now like I can use this you have more choice you have more exactly knowledge about it and care probably as well exactly and also I think when you're a kid it's not as like I
1: don't know to me I never felt like it was cool that I spoke Arabic mm-hmm. I felt like it was more of something that I wanted to hide from the other kids it made you different yeah yeah especially because I remember a lot in elementary school kids make fun of me because my parents were Mm. Middle Eastern. Oh, yeah. And they'd be like, do your parents even speak English? And I'd be like, yeah. Um, So I also grew up in a very, like, predominantly white community. So it was really weird that my parents were immigrant. There Mm was only one um, other girl in my grade who was a child of immigrants in my elementary school. Mm -hmm. Um, And she was um, a child of um, Hispanic Mm -hmm. immigrants. parents. And so one Puerto Rican parent, one Cuban parent. Mm -hmm. And so we became really good friends because I feel like we bonded
0: over that. Yeah. You had a shared experience. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, As we grew up, there was more like South Asian kids who moved to the community, Um, but there was still no Middle Eastern kids. Mm -hmm. So I think that that was a little bit hard for me as a kid that I would be like, oh yeah, it's cool that I'm Egyptian. Like people like to be like, oh, the pyramids. Yeah, But then being Middle Eastern wasn't really a very hot thing to be in the early two thousands. Right. Yeah. So late nineties, people were like, "Ooh, mm. don't really like you." Right. I'm forgetting that's when you grew. up. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. So I, I don't think it was something I was particularly proud of as mm-hmm. a kid.
0: But now you would say that's different. Oh, now definitely. Different. Now I'm like, I don't care about you guys. Yeah. I'm cool. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's such a gift. Um. Yeah. How can can I go back to your parents? Um. Yeah. How was their English? Was it like yeah. okay when they first came, or did they have to learn a lot?
1: They were pretty good. I mean, so my parents are both professionals. So my dad was doing his uh, medical equivalency to become a like mm-hmm. a licensed physician here. Mm-hmm. He was a radiologist in Egypt. And my mom, likewise, was doing her pharm- pharmaceutical equivalency. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they've always been proficient in English. They've obviously improved mm-hmm. since they first came because then it was their like second language, but now it's sort of their yeah. working language. Obviously, It's the primary. It's their primary language. Obviously, they're still native Arabic speakers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, But my mom also grew up going to a German school. So she was raised learning German, French, English and Arabic. (laughs) Yeah, proficient polyglot. Exactly. So she was fluent in German and Arabic. And I would say English. I mean, I don't really remember to be honest. Not to mention
0: you speak Egyptian dialect. Yes. Did they also teach you to speak classical Fosha? yeah uh, i mean uh yeah. modern standard yeah, Arabic. The modern standard or yeah
1: uh no so that is that's a whole nother that's a whole nother beast Can't and understand. we actually make a lot of jokes because the bible in our church is uh read in mm-hmm. modern standard arabic okay. and me and all my friends make jokes that we're like we just zone out yeah. once they start reading the bible because it's like okay there's a word i know and then there's a word
0: i but, i don't know like in, a, in total that you don't understand it it's like another language um is it that different
1: there's like maybe 60 percent comprehension okay so it's not a completely different language but it's not like i was raised in egypt and i mm-hmm. like learned arabic in schools right so that okay. i should be able to read this mm-hmm. and now that i've actually spent a good amount of time i so i usually visit egypt twice a Twice a year. What am I saying? Um, once every two years. <laughs> okay. With my family, would be nice. Twice a year. Yeah.
0: <laughs> once every two. That's great.
1: Yeah. So since forever. Where's that? We took like a six year, seven year ish break at the time of um, the revolution in okay. Egypt. Yep. Um, and 2011. Yeah, I was in yeah. France then. Yeah. Yeah. So it was actually, I think, 2008. We was the last time we had gone before that mm-hmm. happened and then we returned in 2014 um so but we would always go for like two weeks max so it wasn't really Mm. a ton of time for me to get a full picture of what the culture
0: around language is probably just got comfortable when you guys were leaving exactly oh now i can do this okay time to go back (laughs) exactly but as you know i just spent a little over
1: two months Mm -hmm there and I learned that you know Arabic is the hardest subject in school for most for them, yeah. of the youth because it's a very hard language mm-hmm. and you know the grammar is specifically very difficult yeah. and then the way that they teach it is like using the Quran and then also like um poetry. Yeah not an easy,
0: yeah, easy texts. Exactly. I, I studied a little Arabic in 2011 in oh. France when mm-hmm. all the craziness was happening but I remember plurals a lesson on plurals and I was like why are there so many endings there's just yeah it's a crazy language That's... yeah
1: it's really really tough to learn and so there's a good like portion of Egypt that is illiterate mm-hmm. I mean which is a whole nother problem right but um, um Egyptian dialect is actually the most well-understood dialect mm-hmm. in the Middle
0: East well, thanks but... to films too people
1: love that exactly yeah, the, the culture is just
0: out there more than other I feel like Exactly. Film and music yeah. and literature. Um, is it closer also, though, or is it just that there's so much? Oh, no, it's
1: not closer. <laughs> okay.
0: It's just that there's so much media produced by Egypt. Okay. Exactly. I think Saudi Arabia is probably the closest
1: mm-hmm. to Fusha. I don't know. To, that's what it's yeah, called. Yeah, standard, I don't know. modern, standard. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. modern, standard Arabic. Um, <laughs> but... Yeah, it's been interesting, actually, as well for me, because I was actually president of our Arabic mm-hmm. um, Cultural Association I saw that. Um, at my university, and I met Arabs from all like all over mm-hmm. the um, region, which was really great for me, because, like I was saying, I didn't have
0: any Middle Eastern friends yeah. <laughs> outside of my church community before. So from your little elementary self to your your college self you really expanded that a lot exactly being the only one to being the president that's awesome
1: yeah and so I learned a lot of Arabic in college actually yeah
0: probably because I like different dialects yes I remember that as well this country says this you know even like a word like whale they were like well this country says this you know Morocco says I was like oh
1: god oh Morocco
0: Morocco yeah
1: (laughs) I was in Morocco for literally a day And everyone thought I was Moroccan Mm -hmm. because I guess I look Moroccan and they would speak to me and I would literally be like, what? So then they would, (laughs) exactly. So they would speak French to me and I would respond in Arabic. And that's how we functioned because I would maybe have a sentence in French, Mm -hmm. but then to, you know, communicate a more
0: complex thought, I was like, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to say something in Arabic and see if they understand. French comprehension is enough to... Yes. So full disclosure, Emily was my French student <laughs> when she was a high school student.
1: <laughs> She's a great French teacher, everyone.
0: <laughs> so we should disclose. Yeah. So while we're on the subject, how many languages do you know? Um,
1: does Have Coptic count?
0: Sure. I guess
1: four then. Okay.
0: Um, but English? Coptic
1: again is dead.
0: <laughs> well, so you studied English, obviously. Yes. Arabic. Um, Arabic. Did you study ever? No. I.
1: No. And I've self taught a little bit. Okay. Um, but. I you know at my
0: university one Arabic class was six credits, oh, wow. so I was a double major and there was no time. There was no time. Yeah. So, but yeah, so English, Arabic, French, and Coptic.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, not as good as some people I would say. Oh,
0: you can't compare. But, <laughs> yes,
1: but yeah. Arabic is a great language to learn, very useful.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And how many countries? It's like 21 or something. Yes. It's definitely 20 plus yes. countries that speak it. Yes. But as you've heard from us, there's a little big variety. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> um, can you speak a little bit more about, um, you mentioned briefly that you have family and you had church community, mm-hmm. um, just maybe like what a typical day was like when you were growing up? Like, how much would you have used it? You know, weekends might have been different with church, but Mm -hmm. maybe on a weekday, how much Arabic would you have used? Yeah. Or even in a present day, you know, how much are you using Arabic versus English? Yeah. So I would say when I was
1: growing up, um, I would use Arabic mostly in at home. Like, so on a weekday, maybe in the morning before I left for school, it was sort of like a mix of Arabic and English even like Mm -hmm. even if my mom would like speak to me in Arabic I could respond in English or I could respond in Arabic and I wouldn't even notice from sentence to sentence yeah and she could say something in Arabic or English and it wouldn't really matter
0: Mm -hmm. but
1: definitely in more like emotional settings like if she's telling me to hurry up Mm -hmm. or that I need to do well today it's
0: definitely Arabic That you would speak back. Oh, that, or that, she, that she would speak. speak. That oh, okay. she would
1: speak. And then I would probably respond in Arabic. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know why I feel like I have more license to be rude in Arabic. Okay. <laughs> it's like
0: it's not as like it doesn't have I don't I don't know. Or maybe it just is. feels more equal. Like she's speaking to you in Arabic, so you can, you know, if she's barking to you like yellow, yellow, bark back. In <laughs> exactly. <Arabic. laughs> exactly. I'm like, Mishy! Yeah. <laughs> so like, yeah. And I think as well, um, it's funny how um, people who are bilingual, just to interject, they don't even notice, like, what language was just spoken to them. Because I yes. know I've asked people, like, well, did they say it in this language or that? Like, I don't know. I didn't notice. I just understood it. And I think that is such an interesting yeah. thing for a bilingual. And you've always been bilingual. Yeah. Um, being raised here by immigrants. So that's it's such an interesting concept.
1: Yeah. It's really weird, too, because, like, going back to the average day, let's say I would go home. My parents worked, um, like, all the time. So <laughs> we would go to... Um, like an after-school mm-hmm. situation, so let's say my mom was picking me and a friend up. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't notice if my mom would like make a significant effort to speak mm-hmm. in English if one if of my if a friend was there. Friend was there. But, you know, sometimes like something slips in in Arabic or something, we would get home. My friend would say to me, oh, like, what was she saying? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Were you not like, did you not hear what she was saying? And I'm like,
0: no, she like
1: didn't say that in English.
0: I be like, oh, okay. Yeah. And it's hard for you to remember what part. Exactly. I'm yeah. like, what part didn't you hear? Yeah. I do that to my husband all the time. I'm like, what did, what did your mom just say? He's like, which part? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: It's hard to follow if you're just paying attention mm-hmm. to what they're saying. Yeah. So I would say that it was always Sort of a mix of the two, but on weekends, I think that was definitely when most of my Arabic learning mm-hmm, happened. <laughs> yeah, because we would go to church, and then after that, there's like, okay, our our mass is like four hours already, mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's like four hours of Arabic, mm-hmm. and then it's we're all gonna like eat breakfast, mm-hmm. and now that my parents have peers who are fluent in Arabic, it's like okay, we're speaking in Arabic yeah. now. Yeah um so listening to them talk and wanting to pick up what's going on obviously I think a kid's brain is very curious and they're like okay what's happening especially Um, if you hear your name dropped you're like what did they say about me exactly and then going out to dinner or like going to someone's house on the weekend Mm -hmm. um and I would always go to camps in the summer with our um like neighbors who and well, they're not really neighbors, they live, like, 20 minutes away, but that was Egyptian yeah. neighbors close Egyptian enough. Egyptian neighbors, okay. <laughs> um, I would always go to camps with, like, their daughters. Okay. So in the summer, too, it was, like, okay, like, tons, which means, like, auntie, this mm-hmm. is, like, going to pick me up. And yep. hearing our parents, like, speaking back and forth, like, planning, and mm-hmm. then being at their house with their grandparents. Um. So, yeah, I would say that sort of in the non-school times, mm-hmm. It was, it was
0: pretty much like, yeah, it was pretty much just like naturally Arabic. How about like things you consumed? Like was the TV in Arabic ever or did your oh. parents just have standard cable? <laughs>
1: oh, no, no. So <laughs> we had like a, a dish, mm-hmm. which actually ended up getting struck by lightning and ruining uh, the electronics in our home. Oh, no. So thank you, Arabic television. <laughs> um, but yeah, my dad loves Like Arabic film Mm -hmm. and literature. Yeah, so. Arabs and in that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, especially the Egyptians. Gotta Mm -hmm. shout out Egypt. Um, So, I used to watch a lot of Egyptian movies with my dad as a kid. Mm -hmm. So, it's even funny now when I was just in Egypt, I would say phrases that I picked up Mm -hmm. from my dad and I guess from film. Were they kind of old? (laughs) They were kind of old. Or they would be like really famous phrases from like movies Uh that my friends would be like, what like you know how that? like how would you know that and it's like oh i like watch this movie with my dad and they would be so surprised mm-hmm. that we like shared that in common yes, even yeah. though i was raised here
0: mm-hmm. um so well, it's I'm- almost like I'm trying to think of an english example like nobody puts a baby in the corner like exactly. if you like came out with one of those like a foreigner i'd be like what how do you know that you know okay
1: yeah exactly <laughs> so there's some very quintessential mm-hmm. egyptian films that That's so funny. are like really funny and just I think really important to the culture Mm -hmm. that I don't think, I really don't even think it was intentional. Mm -hmm. It was just my dad. He liked them. He liked them. And Mm -hmm. that's how I would spend time with my dad. Like he would work all day at the hospital and then he would come home.
0: Just want to sit. Exactly.
1: So he would be like, come sit next to me, come sit next to me. So I would just like sit and like watch these movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And the same thing when my grandmother would come stay with us, my dad's mother um, from Egypt, so she, so my mom's mother actually lived in Egypt, but my dad's mother immigrated to Canada. Okay. My dad's sister, mm-hmm. um, like maybe 10 years after my dad's sister immigrated to Canada. Yeah. So she would come spend a few months at our house to mm-hmm. like see me and my brother. Yeah. And so she would like literally 24-7, it's like the Coptic television. It's not, this is not Egyptian <laughs> film. This is like, they're like replaying sermons. Like, so I think Aww. that's how I learned a lot of... um like religious language because mm-hmm. it's a lot more formal and not really something that I feel like I could pick up if I just heard it once a week. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so that was every day when she was there.
1: Oh, yes. And now <laughs> when we visit her, it's like just background music. Mm-hmm. It's just like what's it must on. Be calming for her, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just this um, Coptic television. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think television
0: definitely very was very important for
1: and you got, yes. and I
0: mean, not even just language, but you got so much culture from it. So yes, I think that's that's so amazing. Yes. Hi everyone. I hope you're enjoying my interview with Emily. I just wanted to take a few quick seconds to say that I'm always looking for more guests to interview. So if you are bilingual and were either raised bilingually, are raising children bilingually, or maybe both of those situations apply to you. Uh, and you would like to be on my podcast, please reach out. You can contact me by email at tfibpodcast, so that's tfibpodcast at gmail.com, which of course stands for The Future is Bilingual Podcast. You can also find me on Instagram at thefutureisbilingual, no spaces or underscores. Um, and I hope to hear from some of you soon and maybe have your voices on the podcast. Thank you. And back to the interview. OK, so we're back. Um, I wanted to, before we move on, ask you um, about your brother, because you said you spoke a lot of Arabic during the day with your parents and with your community. Um, but for a lot of parents, uh, when they have siblings and one of those siblings goes to school, it's very um, The community language, which is English, um, has a big influence and the kids will start speaking English to each other. Um, You mentioned sometimes speaking English back to your parents. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm just wondering what that relationship was like, how much older your brother is, just a little bit of that information.
1: Yeah. So my brother is three years older than me. Mm -hmm. So I probably think like I don't I wasn't there or I was there, but not conscious. I don't remember, basically, is the bottom line. My, I think they probably spoke more Arabic to my brother than they did to me when I was a baby or growing up. Mm-hmm. Just because, obviously, it was much sooner after they had just immigrated. Yeah. And a lot more family actually came when my brother was born than me. So, like, Aww. I guess I'm not important. It's fine. Yeah. Um, like second
0: baby. Yes.
1: <laughs> we have bitterness. But it's okay. My brother got to mess everything up, and now I get to yeah. do it.
0: Perfectly the first time. (laughs) I'm the second child as well. It was was good to be the
1: second. (laughs) Yes, so I guess that has its benefits and drawbacks, but um, yeah. So we actually typically will speak English to each other, Mm -hmm. except in like public settings where we want like a secret language, we'll like speak Arabic to one another. Um, and also now, like I was saying, with like jokes and Mm -hmm. like cultural things. Um, or for, like, quoting our parents. Oh, yeah. Um, to, to the original. <laughs> exactly. There's just a different meaning. Like, it just won't translate correctly. And, and jokes, um, for
0: sure, don't. they're not the same. It's really hard to translate a joke.
1: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I think, though, otherwise we both, like, if we're giving each other advice or telling one another about our day, mm-hmm. we definitely just, like, resort to English. Whereas if we were with our parents, it really? could really, like... Mm-hmm find itself in a mix just because one of our parents might just start saying something in arabic so we'll Mm -hmm. just find ourselves sort of there
0: it kind of triggers your brain to start thinking in arabic more too exactly
1: exactly so i think that i don't honestly really remember when we were kids like what we were like if we were speaking arabic with one another Mm -hmm. i like have a hard time believing that though because i feel like a lot of our communication was like mm-hmm. pretty antagonistic oh. <laughs> when we were like in elementary school just because mm-hmm. like we were at that age yeah. where like um we were just like messing with each other a lot mm-hmm. um well mostly he was messing with me i was yeah. pretty nice <laughs> to him the older brother, probably, <laughs> yeah sure. um i imagine that maybe when we were like toddlers or something we were probably saying yeah. some stuff in arabic
0: because toddlers just repeat what they hear their parents say exactly so for sure I'm sure you're playing out those roles. Yes. That's funny. You should see if your parents have any video footage. (laughs)
1: Yes. But now my cousins, at first, when I first went um, for my um, two-month trip Mm -hmm. to Egypt, at the beginning, they're like, oh, we feel like your brother might be better at Arabic. And I was like, okay, rude. But, like, that's probably because, like I was saying... He was just like more exposed to it at a younger mm-hmm. age. But then by the end of the trip, they're like, nah, you're good. And I
0: was like, OK, thank you, everyone. And they were just trying to test you or force you like, <laughs> to be a little challenged.
1: And, <laughs> they like, knew okay, I would but, rise to the occasion. It
0: might also be like an Arabic speaker thing, because I had a friend that was like, let's test. Like he kept like making me like go into the store and like practice your French. And I was like, why, why, <laughs> like, giving me like language tests yeah see if you can order this thing with i'm like okay yeah i mean not to generalize
1: but i'll just speak to egyptians mm-hmm. they're like very um i would just say like maybe a little bit like haughty about arabic mm-hmm. in it being like a, a challenging language mm-hmm. especially with like english speakers yeah um so they'll be like oh you speak Arabic? Oh, well, like you speak English? Well, I speak Arabic, so. But it was actually really, it was, people were really nice about it. Like, when I would go out with my family friends, mm-hmm. um, and I would meet their friends, um, like out at dinner or if you we were like going to hang out somewhere, mm-hmm. people would always be like, oh, wow, like, you're American, but you like speak Arabic, like good for you. Like yeah. people were actually like a lot more That's encouraging mm-hmm. that it made me feel like more confident to speak Arabic with them mm-hmm. Then, you know, there was definitely moments where I just like wanted to be like, ah, I feel like this is a very complex thought and I'm going to say it. And they're going to be like, what did that was wrong?
0: Yeah. No, you get into some language where you're like, you think you overthink it. You're like, well, how do you form that that verb? <laughs> like, yeah. How do I form this idea? Yeah, it can yeah. get overwhelming. Yeah. Did you speak mostly Arabic, half and half when you were over there? Yeah, so mostly Arabic. That's great.
1: Basically because there was like a month of it where I was on a service trip mm-hmm. where I was like basically running a camp for local children in like this rural village and they were yeah. not going to speak English with me. And there was a lot of moments where I was just like alone with them. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, Emily, it's time to communicate. <laughs> you can do this. And they even have a different dialect than Northern Egypt and oh, Southern wow. Egypt. So they understood me completely. But there were some pronunciations mm-hmm. where I was like, okay, I'm going to like take a leap of faith and say that that's what they're trying to say. Mm-hmm. And
0: Context helps. Yeah, exactly.
1: So it ended up working out. And my Arabic improved like tremendously mm-hmm. when I was with them. And it was actually really funny because sometimes they would like make fun of me for like two seconds and then like another English speaker would walk in and I would say something in English and then they would be like, no, 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 don't speak English. We were just kidding. Please speak
0: Arabic again. That's so, funny. That's cute. so I would be like, OK, guys, like, yeah. don't make fun of me. Some of my best moments of learning French were from the kids that I taught. Because yeah, I remember you know, making them laugh about things I would say. Um, some, yeah, very memorable ones. Like mm-hmm. I said, le meteo for weather and not la meteo. Because <laughs> meteo sounded masculine to me and they all laughed. And I also said, um, asseyez-vous dans les chaises. Um, sit in your seat, as yeah. we say in English, yeah. and you know they say sit on your seat, uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, so they were just laughing because in the chair is like in the material, so Uh-oh. that just sounded hilarious to their little six-year-old yes. ears. So yeah, to they me, just like, laughed. That sounds at me. like a sentence. Yeah, <laughs> good job with <laughs> Oh my gosh. So I like go stuck in my memory because those kids mocked me so much. Yeah. <laughs> so it's some, you know, it's not bad to make errors. Um, yeah, especially actually. when kids are correcting you. Yeah, and there's no. Yeah, I don't care. They're just like, no, you say it like this. Yeah, no big deal. It's not as embarrassing as saying it to an adult or something. Yeah. yeah. I learned like very
1: basic words that I didn't know I didn't know how to say. (laughs) Like I would be like, oh, form a circle. And then I'd be like, I don't think I know how to say circle. Mm -hmm. So I'd just be like, I'd be saying form, and then I'd be going like this, and one of the kids just said circle, and I was like, oh. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, now I know circle, which is deira, everyone who wants to know what a
0: circle is in Arabic. Um, Yes, I'm going through that hardcore with my kids so yeah, yeah he's learning you know um, almost entering preschool so I'm like he needs to know shapes and I'm like I don't know how to say rectangle in Polish and yeah yeah so I had to learn all those yeah. you know crazy words that you don't really use that often yeah <laughs> circle being one of them um just uh before we end do you have um a proud bilingual moment or a, an event or a tradition mm-hmm. um something that you were ab- um, able to do because you are an Arabic speaker
1: I guess the thing that would come to mind is that during that trip I was serving with Coptic kids, Mm -hmm. so it made me feel like, I don't know, it was just like a really special experience to feel like I could connect with these kids who live like 6,000 miles away Mm -hmm. over um, like our sort of Coptic Um, like religion together and that we had so many shared experiences because of that, like going to the four hour mass Mm -hmm. and feeling like I was just like in my home church, even though I was like in a rural village in Egypt Mm -hmm. was just like really sort of a spectacular feeling. It was like, oh, wow. Like this is the same thing that I do at Mm -hmm. home. Um, And the kids are
0: another generation, which is kind of hard to sometimes um, to have a, a common thread with them I don't know sometimes it feels like oh you know we're not we're not the same
1: exactly and like praying with them Mm -hmm. like even doing the our father prayer like I was teaching it to them in English but being able to say it with them in Arabic Mm -hmm. was like so just like weird for me because I just never really imagined that I would be in that scenario and even my dad was saying to me he was like wow you've been to places in Egypt that like I have not gone oh yeah so um yeah so that was really nice and I'm very thankful that um I was sort of raised with that instilled in me so mm-hmm. that it feels so central to my identity that I yeah. like sort of feel like I can connect with yeah. these kids in that way and
0: you feel at home over there and yeah. at home over here so that's such yeah. a blessing that yeah you don't feel out of place in either Yeah, it's really nice. It's awesome. So as as a little ending, can you teach us? um, You said a couple words in Arabic, but Mm. can you teach our listeners um, Mm -hmm. a word or two in Arabic or a phrase or something?
1: So um, maybe when someone cooks food, you can say um, at the end, uh, I'm going to assume that it's a female because Arab culture, (laughs) but um, you can... Change it to, I'll teach you the male and okay. female. How about that, feminism? <laughs> um, so if a female has, like, made you food or um, brought you tea, even, you can say, uh, So, like, that's, like, bless the hands that mm-hmm. brought it. Mm-hmm. And those would be her hands. Key would be a female. And if it was um, a male, you would say, ادك, mm-hmm. um, being for the male.
0: Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much, Emily, for being a guest. And hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. This was fun. Bye. Thank you guys so much for listening to my interview with Emily. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed recording it. And I hope you found it interesting and maybe learned something. If you did enjoy it and you're enjoying this podcast uh, so far, please do share it with someone that you think would uh, enjoy it as well. Also, if you are interested in being a guest, please do contact me. I would love to hear from you. Uh, like I said, in an email or on Instagram. And also, if, um, if you have anything you want to share, any feedback, positive, negative, I would love to hear it. So contact me by email, contact me on Instagram in a DM or in the comment section. So that's all for today. Thank you all for listening. And I hope to bring you a new episode soon. Take care. Bye-bye.